the key to success is accepting short-term discomfort for a long-term gain. One of the biggest things that's worked for us in the business is following and going all in just on where the business takes us and objectively thinking, okay, I know what my plan was, like what we were thinking we would do, wanted to do, but where is the actual opportunity here? If we try to step out of ourselves and step outside of what we see for the business, what are the facts of this situation? Where does it make sense for us to put our effort? Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are excited to have some fellow podcasters come on. We don't do this enough. Actually, I was thinking I need to get more of our fellow podcasters on, but today we are featuring Maddie and Elliot Morris. Who are they? Well, they are new to the podcast game. They have this really clever and fun podcast called My Last Two Brain Cells. And we don't go into the podcast too much, but I definitely want to encourage you to go and check it out. If you like our podcast, I'm 100% sure you will love their podcast. They do amazing work and they are just getting started. So really the best is still to come. They're just going to get better and better. And they share so much helpful information. They just give everything away. They're just like us in the sense that they're just good people who want to grow our industry. And I'm so excited to get to know them and meet them and have you guys today get to hear their story. And that's what we're really going to focus on is really how did they get in the beauty industry? And we're going to focus a little bit more on their relationship because we have I don't think, I might be wrong. We've done so many episodes that I've lost track. We haven't had a lot of couples on our show to talk about what's it like to build a business together. Actually, I now think about, we've had a couple, but that said, it's been a while. Let's just say that. So it's great to have them come on, talk about their journey into the last industry and the struggles and what it's like to work together. And really I could have gone on easily for another hour, but we will save that for another episode. In fact, I already think I have a couple. I would like to sit down with them. They're kind of like us. They like to talk. And so it's been a, it was a good, ep- it's a good episode. I know you'll get a lot of him, but as always, before we get to that, we have announcements. All right. We have a whole bunch going on. As you know, the first and foremost thing in my mind right now is Tusney's four week retention course is coming up. Our first one of the year is going to be in Vegas, March 18th and 19th. We still have seats left. So please, if you want to change your game, it's not just about retention. It's going to be really about changing your perspective on how you lash. Like Tusney doesn't use lash maps. She has a whole different approach where you don't really need them once you learn these basic styling tips. So between retention and the styling, this is going to change your game 
I, we do say, though, it's really meant for people who are into pre-mades and classic volume. You will learn a ton, and it will challenge you, and you will be able to apply it. We just think it's harder to do. And I think in the future is really all about pre-mades uh, or pro-mades, whichever term you want to use. That said, um, this class is coming up quick. So if you want to join us in Vegas, March 18th and 19th, Go to the link in the bio or in our show notes on Instagram, our show notes or the link in the bio on our Instagram, getting those backwards, and you can sign up today. And we have a 12-month payment plan. They really make it easy. Only need to pay $141 today, and then you'll make your second payment after you take our class. That's how crazy that is. And we also now, we always want to do this, like just keep forgetting. We 100% guarantee all our classes. If you're not happy with this training, we will refund your money. I don't worry about that at all because I know that you're going to be blown away. Tusney doesn't teach anything that you can learn from anyone else. It's very unique. Outside Vegas, we're going to be also in New York on May 6th and 7th. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, June 17th and 18th with at Shelby's Place, Last Boss Radio Land. And lastly, we've just added, it's not on the program yet or online yet, but we're also going to be in Hawaii or Honolulu, July 8th and 9th. So, and we're basically teaming up with Lash Bash on May 6th. We'll be doing the Lash Bash party in the evening, but our training's on the 6th and 7th. And then on July, we're going to be with Lash Bash again, July 8th and 9th. We'll have our training during the Saturday, Sunday, and you can go that Saturday night, you can go to the party. So, you really want to make it for those because you get a party and training all together. So it'll be fun. Well, I'm not saying they're not included. You have to buy your tickets still to the last batch, but you can kill two birds with stone, two birds with one stone. Ugh. And you get to hang out with us and you get the network and all that. So anyhow, last con, nothing yet for you guys coming soon. I promise you, we will also be speaking at the last con extension at the premiere show in Anaheim, April 2nd and 3rd. Third, there we have an amazing lineup. We have Allie, Lily, Kim, James, Tusney, my wife, as you know, T Ruthie Bell, and Tress Larson all speaking. You pay, I think it's actually $75 now, and you get into uh, basically a trade show, and then we're going to have two days of classes there included. Just come on, walk in, sit in the room, hang out with us. We'd love to see you. It's a really great deal. Cannot beat it. $75, I think it is now, for a, a ticket. It's in Anaheim. So come join us there. Also, we're going to be at Lash Fest in London on March 25th, 26th. So if you're in the UK or in Europe, I know last time we were there in January, a few of you came just to see us there in London. It was really special. It means a lot. We'd love to meet you. So please, if you haven't bought a ticket, I think they still have some tickets left. Go to Lash Fest and you can see us there on March 25th, 26th. Lash Boss Summit will be speaking with Shelby and her team, an amazing lineup, April 22nd, 23rd in Premier Orlando. We're going to be bringing back the Lash Conference extension to the premiere show out there in Orlando, June 3rd through the 5th. More details come on that amazing, amazing lineup for that too. And lastly, the IBS party, guys. Look for details. Let's save the date. June 25th, we're partnering with Shelby, and we're going to have just the most kick-butt party ever in Vegas at the Sahara Hotel. Everything's coming together. It's going to be awesome. That's all for announcements. Now we're going to get to our interview where we sit down with Maddie and Elliot and talk about their journey in the lash industry. Hey guys, we are here in the LashCast studios, excited to be with two new friends, someone I just recently got to know, and actually, well, I'll get to a little bit later. I've actually known her amazingly enough since Wait 2019. Wait a minute, yeah. I thought I was going to do it. Oh, you're going to do it now? Oh, no, no, okay. no, you can keep it, but no. I'm just saying, 
Oh, go! Oh, here. Hey, Smart Cookies! I've got a special treat for you. We yeah. have Maddie and Elliot in the house, and I have to tell you that this is Paul's big crush. I mean, literally. <laughs> I have heard nonstop about Maddie and Elliot and my two lash brain cells, and so it's super exciting to be in studio. He's like yeah. a schoolgirl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome, <laughs> to the welcome to the show, guys. Hello, you guys. Hi. Very excited to have both of you here. And uh, just, you know, they have a couple things. They have a podcast that I recently found called My Last Two Brain Cells, which I will give a nomination for the best name ever for a podcast. So but... I'm so glad because guess who hated that name? Everyone in my life. Oh, you're <laughs> kidding. It's brilliant. Good. It's fabulous. Elliot was like, you need a new name. And I'm like, that's so funny because I always say like, oh, this is my last two brain cells. Like, I can't no. even deal with it. It's my no. last two brain no. cells. And then it's lash, lash two brain cells. Yeah. That's a play on it's words. It's it's words. It works. No, it's and it tells you exactly what it is. It's going to be, you know, you're it's about be dumb talk people talking about lashes. No, you're no, going to be talking um, about exactly. work. You know, sometimes <laughs> you're so us. fried with work that it's going to, you know, and it's you're fried on lashes. So yeah. it's perfect. Finally, people that get us. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then they also have a salon suite called Light Heart Lash. Is that the name or is that the name of your website or your Instagram and your salon's different? We own Lightheart Studios and Coffee Shop in okay. Scottsdale, Arizona. And then Lightheart Lash is just me. It's just the name of our education company. Awesome. Yeah. Well, anyhow, so I saw you first through ads on Instagram. And I was like, who's this person taking up all my Instagram space? Keep seeing her popping up. So I probably cost you hundreds of dollars because I spent a lot of time on Instagram. So I'm sorry for that. But hey, that was worth it. You're our target audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like clicking on that button. Like, I just want to see it again. Just charge you some more money. No. <laughs> is that how it works? Yeah, by clicks. But that said, I saw you then. But then I... Bumped into your podcast online. It came on YouTube and I was like, who are these people? And it's a couple. It's a guy and a gal. Shoot, that's what we do. And they're actually really good. No joke. He has been watched everything. And yeah. we work in the same office, but there's like a little space in between us. There's a and wall like, between us. Every time I come oh, out that's of the room. Dream. It's, that's my goal. That's it's a good dream. Yeah. But literally, every time I'd come out of the office, he'd be or my treatment room, he'd be like, Oh my gosh, Elliot just said this, or Maddie just said this. And I'm just like, I'm joining their team, by the way, at the end of this podcast. I'm announcing that. So. You're leaving me? <laughs> My last three brain cells. It'll be three now. Yeah, we're, we're going to power of threes. But that said, so then I I think I reached out to you at that point and said, hey, you know, really fan of what you're doing. And then I found out that you and me had actually texted back in 2019 when you were trying to work. I forget what it was, like some ticket thing for LashCon. So you were at the first LashCon in 2019 which was very, very cool. I was probably one of the first 10 signups. The moment that I heard that there was a place for lash artists to congregate, I was like, take my money. I am there. I'm down. Wow. I'm so there. Cause I lived in Alaska and I knew like two other lash artists, you know, <laughs> the big haven like, of lash artists. Of yeah. All five of you up there. So no, it was really cool. And then you showed me a picture with you and Allie from last anarchist. So that was awesome. And anyhow, that was just neat to see that even though I really only discovered you guys recently, I've actually known you almost for five years. <laughs> yeah. So we go way back. Yeah. We're old friends. Yeah. In fact, I think yeah. it's almost like with you and me too. Remember like I, I met you. I just is how we first I, met. If you can't see, I'm making a, a frustrated face. Okay, yeah. we met like way before we, I ever he ever met her. Yeah, and the reason why I'm making this face is because he was totally interested in my friend. He yeah. had like no eyes. He didn't even uh, remember is... that we met. No, I didn't. I felt bad. And then she says, "I met you back in this date." And I'm like, "I don't really." And I said, "Why don't you remember?" He's like, "Because uh, I had a crush on Aaron." Yeah, that was a, my best. Yeah, friend. I had a thing for blondes at some point in my life. <laughs> and I am not blonde. 
And she is not <laughs> well, blonde. Well, I was so. blonde for a while. Yeah. But that said, anyhow, and then I met you later, and then it all changed. It was overnight. I know. We're really off the beaten path. So sorry about that. Let's let's get to what I really want to do. You guys, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I think there's two main areas or maybe three we'll say that we could discuss. And one is that you guys are a partnership and I get often pulled aside by other even brands or salon owners or people who are working and it seems like everyone one way hopes one day to bring their, their significant other on board to work with them. It's something that I yeah. think a lot of people like. Now, I think there's a lot of husbands and boyfriends are like, no, nah, I'm not really excited about that idea. But I thought since you guys have done it and it seems like you're doing something really exciting and unique, it would be cool to kind of pick your brains on what that experience has been like and where you're going with it and, and how it all happened. And then secondly, we could also get into a little bit, if we have time, about podcasting. And these guys are the first people I've heard of here who have been able to build an argument why salon suites are actually a legitimate business. <laughs> So, so let's uh, start picking like, that brain. Slot sweet slander. Like, are people just not doing it right? I'm so confused. No, I just think that as former slot owners ourselves, slot suites, as you know, were the enemy, the enemy. of the slot owners. In the, in the yes. beauty sphere, like with cosmetologists, they were seen as the enemy because if people were building a salon and then all of a sudden they might have a walkout and everybody goes to where the grass right. is greener. Yeah. And then I think the world is settling down. I mean, slot suites are here to stay. It's not like, oh, it's just a fed. No, no, this is the way the world will be. It's not going to be 100% salon suites because I still will argue you can't get customer service in a salon suite that you can get in a salon, but that's, we can talk about that later on, but there's room for both and it's just different. But you guys, I've always, actually, when I thought about it, I was always, I don't know if financially, if it makes sense as a salon owner, like, would it be good for me to switch over? So we, hopefully we'll get into that. If we don't, we'll save it for another episode, I guess. So I think the world needs both great salons. And honestly, I think there's more great salon owners than great salon suite owners. I think salon suites are just like run by people that aren't even in the industry, Yeah, you know, that live in other states that don't care. Like, I just think there needs to be like the best of both needs yeah. to exist. You know, you're right. And that's why I think that was always my biggest argument against salon suites is that they're landlords, generally speaking. Oh, the, they've been just traditionally. They've been run by like hedge funds. Yeah. Like big yeah. Those are yeah. good guys. Hedge fund run. Well, they're not beauty professionals, so they're not necessarily <laughs> no. knows the heartbeat and the struggles and the needs of a beauty um, provider. Yeah, I think Bernie Madoff ran a salon suite at one point. So probably, yeah, I believe. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Hear a lot of good things about. But anyhow, and um, also Epstein. I think Epstein was a big salon suite guy. <laughs> <laughs> he owns a salon suite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For under sleazy suites. For under sleazy suites. <laughs> Very good. Anyhow, so let's first get into it. Like, how did you guys get into the beauty space? Because obviously, I'm sure Elliot wasn't in beauty school just a few years ago and pulled you in. I'm having a feeling it probably went the other way. So maybe you can share a little bit about your background so people know how you got into all this. So I started out in waxing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elliot works at Amazing Lash. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So when I met Elliot, I was 19 years old. We lived in Anchorage, Alaska. And Elliot went to uh, the local college and Elliot was in college to be a mechanical engineer. So that was who we were when we met. Elliot was 21. I was 19. And when I met him, I had got out of beauty school and I was working at the busiest day spa in town. So I was like, felt like a total boss babe. I was taking 10 to 12 clients a day, Uh making absolute pennies. But I was so like, my personality was that I was obsessed with my job. That was who I was. Were you like drunk on your own, like professionalism and like success? 
Yes. I mean, I literally made less than minimum wage and I had my own business cards. My room was stunning. Like I just. I thought this was the nicest day spa in town. The way she talked about it. She's like, oh, this is the best, most luxury services. We have the greatest stuff ever. But if you listen to my second episode of the podcast, I was absolutely brainwashed. It, it like was it was not. <laughs> no, she, she convinced me when we first started dating. She's like, you got to see one of the girls here to get a haircut. She's like, they are the best in town. I got the worst haircut yeah. I have ever yeah. gotten in my entire. They did a hard part, like shave <laughs> a line oh. down the side of my head. And it, I went to a party like that night and I was meeting all of her friends for the first time. I was so self-conscious. This, it was so bad. So, wait, so, wait, wait. so you completely drank the Kool-Aid, right? She did. <laughs> he was so supportive. And it's so funny because when I first met Elliot, and we started dating immediately. So Elliot and I met at a Halloween party and we were officially dating within like what? A week? Yeah. Very wow. quick. Like nice. Within a week. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Lock it down. So, oh, it would take a week to get her. All right. Yeah. We were never friends. Ellie and I were truly just like, we met our. No, we were friends for one night. We were friends <laughs> for one night. And then we started dating. And I remember for about two months, I actually didn't tell Elliot that I did lash extensions. I only told him that I did skincare services, waxing, and makeup. That's all I told him. But 50% of my job was doing classic lashes. Mm -hmm. And I actually hesitated on telling him because I felt like lashes were too complex for a guy to even understand. (laughs) (laughs) My stupid man brain. Like what? You mean you put strips on people? Yeah, plastic. Yeah. So after a while, I was like, well, I'm probably going to be with this guy for the rest of my life. I should probably tell him what I spent half my life doing. And so we were at coffee. Stop living a lie. Yeah. Yeah, That's like double life. (laughs) Yes. So we were at coffee one day and I, do you remember this? Yeah. yeah. And I said, I have to tell you something. I I was nervous. I was like, oh no. I was like, like, no. It's like one of these movie moments where I was like, I got to tell you, I have this dark past. I have to tell you something about my job. I do this little service called eyelash extensions. And Elliot is just so sweet and curious. And he was like, I've never heard of that. Like, tell me more about it. So I show him pictures of my work, which was so awful. It's not even funny. I mean, I was only doing like 0.25 diameter classics at the time on everyone, you know, just 10s through 12s on the whole town. And Elliot was so interested and thought it was so cool. And I was blown away. I was like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire yes. life. <laughs> and Elliot was actually interested in like the technical aspect and my clients and how this all works. And then when I quit my salon job and went on my own, Elliot was the one who encouraged me to start my own business doing lashes and say goodbye to everything else. Wow. So he was the one. And we were what? How old were we? 20? Uh, I was 20. And I was so distraught after leaving my salon job. I had no backup plan. And Elliot was like, what do you really like to do? Like, you don't like waxing people all day. You don't like facials. You like doing lashes. And so he encouraged me never to work for anyone else again. And just because he knew what was best for me, just because he... It's smart. Your heart. (laughs) Your heart. Yeah. Your wiring. Your makeup. Yeah. Yes. And it was so funny because when I um worked at the day spa, I was actually pretty embarrassed to have a boyfriend because all the women would kind of like tease each other, and I was the youngest by a lot. Everyone Mm -hmm. was kind of in their fifties and sixties. Oh wow. And they were also all ex cons. Oh my gosh, (laughs) guys. Okay. Okay. So. Everyone at the salon had like been incarcerated together. And so that was the whole premise of the day spa was that when they got out of prison, they would open a beauty school, a wow. beauty salon. So, I was so like, obviously it was going to be the best in town. Of course. So, like called so, beauty wow. and bonds, like, or something like that. Or 
<laughs> so I was a the outcast, the youngest. Wow. I didn't have any sort of like prison backstory. No record. So they, yes, no record. No facial so tattoos. Much, yeah. I know. I did, a little teardrop yeah. on the by your eye there, and like that. <laughs> Guys, I'm not kidding. She was the only one missing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. So I really was the odd one out. And they would kind of, like, my life was always kind of, they were so interested in it. And so when I got a boyfriend, I didn't want to tell them. I didn't want the heckling. So Elliot used to call in under a fake name and book appointments with me. Tell them about that. Yeah, so that we could hang out. So that we could hang out more because I was too busy to hang out. Oh, because she was working, like, 12-hour days at the freaking day spa. Yeah, yeah so well. Elliot would call and be like, oh, I got to book a three-hour appointment for a facial of this or whatever. And, so, he, and the receptionist knew. She knew, but she was cool. She was the cool one. I liked her. So Elliot and I would just hide in my room and just watch YouTube videos on the treatment table. And, and then like, I would pay her $30 and then I would leave. <laughs> that is so romantic. That is very, that yeah. That is, it's really sweet. Oh my goodness. It was, it was very romantic. I was like, Maddie was the greatest uh, facial <laughs> I've ever received in my entire life. And my boss actually brought it up at the staff meeting. They were like, you have an admirer because these reviews are really detailed and like really, really good. Like, what are you doing that is making this guy rebook every week? And I was like, I don't know, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> my massage is crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that with all my boyfriends. But yeah, it's like, well, that's really cool. That's really sweet. I've actually never heard anything like that. It's really a special. So you got into it and then you guys... I guess got married and then you moved to Arizona and we was at that point was he work was yeah Elliot working with you or is he still doing engineering or what's he doing? So there was a long period of time in Alaska where I was running my lash business, taking lash trainings. Really, I became like kind of the best in the state, and Elliot was just kind of alongside me, you know, like cheering, like, cheering me cheering on, on. <laughs> prices, doing all the boyfriendy things that a boyfriend would do. Yeah. And then we got married after what a year and a half of knowing each other. Two years. Two years, yeah. We got married after two years, moved into my little house, and then it got to a point where, and Elliot and I, we very much make decisions together, yeah. like married couples do, and it got to a point where I was lashing 8 a.m. Oh, to 8 p.m., yeah. six days a week, training on Sundays, just like in that hustle mode, which for a period of time, you it's, can all, right. Do it. it's yeah. all right, but you it's, do it, it's yeah. not sustainable. Mm -mm. And it got to a point where I was just so depressed and anxious, and you know, when I started training, hmm. that took up my one free day. And I was just this hamster. It is no way to live. Yeah. No way to live. And Elliot and I kind of sat down one day and we were like, what are we doing with our life? Elliot was an engineer at this point. He had graduated and was working at a great engineering company. Great job. So our life, our, our whole families in Alaska, all our friends, my business had grown to the point where I was looking at opening a salon suite back home. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at locations and stuff. And then, okay, you fill in the blank. Okay, so the, we were looking at locations and we found a space that would work for it. And like we were talking also at this time, I, I was like, okay, well, you need to do something after lashes. You need to figure out something because this isn't sustainable. You can't do this for the next 20 years. So what are you going to do next? So we're looking at, I'm like, okay, do you want to open a spa? What do you want to do? And she's like, no, I don't want to open a spa because she had such a bad experience at like her day spa that she was working at. So she's like, no, I do not want to do that. I don't have a good feeling about it. I want to figure out something else. And so then we were talking about it and we're like, okay, well, maybe we could open up like salon suites. You could rent them out because when you went independent, it was such a good thing for you. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could support other people who are going independent, give them a really nice place that they can work out of and, and support their business in that way. And maybe that could be like a really positive thing for both for us and them. So we were looking at places, we found a, a place that seemed all right, but then we were like looking at it and we're just like, 
I don't know. We'd have to sign a five-year lease. I'm like, I don't really want to stay here you, for another you have five to build years. Out. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to be tied here. So we're like, you know what? We've always wanted to move out of here. Let's just go. The lack of beauty professionals. Like there yeah, was really, yeah, there wasn't a huge market there. And there, there wasn't a community like there is in other states. And, yeah. and that's yeah. really, really hard to build if it just isn't natural. You know, I probably wouldn't open a salon suite if I was in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Yeah, you got to know the market. Yes. For sure. So we really looked at at moving at yeah. other states and we traveled we considered a bunch of different states we considered a bunch of different places but then we ended up i had lived here in phoenix a little bit when i was a kid and i really liked it and we were looking in like scottsdale is one of the it's highest hub. it's a hub for beauty yeah it's a hub yeah. for beauty there's like tons of plastic surgeons tons of beauty professionals it's like a huge great market and madison at that time had started doing a lot more private trainings and she was getting people from out of state who like want to take her trainings, but no one wants to fly up to Alaska. I don't so understand. Like, okay. It's it's wonderful up there. <laughs> Absolutely. Eight months a year, it's pitch black. It's, <laughs> it's magical. It's magical. Um, but yeah. yeah, at that point, we were like, well, we're like Phoenix is central. It's, yeah. It's a yeah. good option. Scottsdale, lots of beauty. Let's do it. We, we wanted so somewhere that was a destination for people to take my trainings, somewhere where there was just a high density of beauty professionals. And mm-hmm. so we chose Arizona. And I'm not even kidding you guys, like two years ago, we packed up Elliot's truck with all our belongings. I got rid of my whole clientele and I hosted one big group training to train the whole city and we blasted out of there. Yes. Wow. And we got an apartment, a one bedroom apartment, sight unseen. Turns out we were getting really ripped off. Turns out we got ripped off. Whoa. <laughs> And you know, it's so funny, the connections I made at LashCon actually kind of facilitated this move because I met Allie from Lash Anarchist and I ended up taking her salon suite when I moved here. Oh, so, yeah, I didn't know on, that. Yes. Oh, so wow. she passed on her suite to me. I was in a suite immediately. Like the day we hit ground, I had clients on my books, trainings booked. So you were right next door to Lana? It was Luxon a while Cut? ago. She was there before me. Oh, before you. Okay. Yes, but I had a few connections in Scottsdale, funnily enough, from LashCon in 2019, because it's the only other place I've met another lash artist. I got here, and I realized that even salon suites were still kind of a hostile environment, and no one was talking to each other in any salon suite. Nobody knew each other. There were no events. There were no... There was no community. It was very competitive, especially where she was at a lot of lash artists, so there was, like, competition that everyone felt. It wasn't wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so at this point, Ellie and I are still having two completely separate careers. At this point, I was helping with like her website and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, you need the Wix is starting to not work. Like, let's <laughs> let's get something a little better, a little more professional. So I like made her website for her. And I was like helping, you know, here and there wherever I could. But I saw my like day job. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward about a year and a half, I had just been training like my life depended on it. I was teaching trainings like gosh, two, three days a week sometime, taking a full clientele. I had hopped around salon suites in Arizona. And at this point, it became time when Ellie and I were looking at each other. We desperately want to create our own place. Like this is our life's mission is to help other beauty professionals. And we were doing that in the form of my trainings. But I was like, there has to be more. Like there has Mm -hmm. to be a physical place where we could pour into people and not only set them up, but walk alongside them and create this culture, this community that we could replicate again and again and again and again, and we could change the atmosphere of salon suites in every state. Mm -hmm. So we decided to start looking for commercial buildings and you'll never feel ready. I had Mm -hmm. all the savings, I had all the experience, I had the network, the connections. And we were also looking at like the market here and there was one of the things we noticed is the owner of the building she was in sold the building. So she had to move out of her space and then she was looking 
trying to find another salon suite to rent mm -hmm. and there was like, no availability mm -hmm. and everywhere was like we were getting all the rates from everywhere and then we were like okay these are the rates they're pretty high wait a second if we multiply this by there's how many 20 rooms in this building wow they're bringing in like seventy thousand dollars a month in rent and for their it's, building. it's carpeted and, and it's carpeted it's not not pretty yeah not yeah. Ugly. yeah clearly there's a there there's a room in the market for it we did the numbers and we we ran it. We're like, okay, we could get a space that's like this big. We could put this many rooms in it. We could rent the rooms out for this much based on what rooms in the area are renting for. And the math the, the was, math was math. <laughs> And know? Were you concerned point, that you'd be able to fill those rooms quickly? I was very... Oh, you're super scared. For scared. Sure. I was very scared. But do you know what's so crazy is we filled most of the building up before we even opened because I had the network of students. And so that was huge in filling the rooms because I had these people that A, were great artists needing a place to rent that trusted me. So building that trust in that community for that year and a half was so essential. I couldn't have done it if I was just some guy. Yeah. But you had a network of people that needed the rooms and they trusted you. And yeah. we were looking at it like when we were doing the build out. So we have like 11 rooms total in the space, mm -hmm. uh, plus like a shared room. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at it. We're like, okay, we need to rent out five of these rooms in order to be like not losing money. As long as we get to five of these rooms rented out, we're good. We're not destitute. So that was our <laughs> goal at first, get five of the rooms. But we got that before we even opened. But which was awesome. Ellie and I starting to work together. So Elliot was actually still working for his same engineering job in Alaska and flying back and forth oh, every wow. single yeah, a week a month. I was no up there. like 10 days a month. I was literally left alone at the building site every day, working, teaching trainings. Elliot's in Alaska, the whole thing. It wasn't great. And yeah. that's hard. The day we signed the lease and started the construction working with a company, that was the day that Elliot and I needed each other. And Elliot just took it on because I was working. I was doing lashes, doing trainings, oh, yeah. traveling for trainings. I worked for Lashbox at the time. So I was just like. She did like 17 trainings in a month. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. 17, 17 out of 30 17 days. private trainings. Yeah, these are one-on-ones. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. So she and, was just like so busy. And I'm so grateful for that because. Well, that kind of funded it. It funded the build out, A. Yeah. And yeah. then B, the fact that I'm in a position where I am able-bodied, I'm young, I'm healthy, I have no kids, I can physically pour into these people and do this. Why not? I can sit back later. So I did it and I gave those private trainings my all and I charged a lot for them and it it funded the build out. And then at this point, Elliot and I really sort of became a team. And the team effort was while I was working, Elliot was at the site every day, negotiating with contractors, learning, like figuring this out. And we were talking about it 24 seven. I wouldn't have done the build out with Elliot. I wouldn't have picked that building. I would have without Elliot. Yeah. I wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Get no. Don't get it but twisted. Like, I, <laughs> no, but like well, I, me, I always say not me, but I, I feel like Lightheart, the building itself was like a gift from Elliot to me. Aww. Like, because he had been alongside me for the whole journey and I could see how tirelessly he would work to make it happen with no experience, just mm. like using his engineering brain to figure it out and using the skills he had to like make it happen. And it couldn't happen with just me, I would never be able to do something like that. The way we work well together is like, I'm very risk averse. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like- I have to, a bigger appetite for risk. Yeah, I like, I like to labor really hard and like play things safe and save and all that. But stuff. we balance each other out. You know? yeah. yeah. It works. Well, it's like- 
you need that. When you say it's like his love letter to you, it's like he truly stepped in and took the mantle of what you were not able to do. Physically, you were not able to do it because there wasn't enough of you to go around. So he yeah. stepped into a position with his take on it and negotiated and worked for what you needed for your benefit. And that's so beautiful. I mean, and that's like a beautiful example of a good well, partnership. that's why it works. Well, I hear from a lot of couples who are in business together. The problem is that they often are not opposites or either they're both the same or they both want the same, I guess you say, responsibilities or roles. Like one's, yeah. one's a CEO and one's the marketer. One's the operations persons, one is the artist, right? They have the holes they fill, but sometimes I've seen talk to them, they go, well, we both really want to run this thing. <laughs> That's no. tough. That's tough. We have two A type A personalities yeah. trying to fight for the control of the company. And that's where conflict comes. That's where role debates come. And it can be very difficult. But if you can complement each other, and this is, I think, where people are listening, you're like, is, is a good thing. If you already aren't in business together and you're thinking about it, but the two of you are really strong personalities who want to make all decisions, you're going to have a hard time, I think, finding a way to make it work. I totally agree. I completely get what you're saying. And I love how you expressed it. Like, I'm just going to say it again. The build out was his love letter to me, his love, you know, his gift to you. Because, I mean... I've not done that for you. No, no. I disagree. <laughs> I, 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 Paul's I, like, man, I no, no, I completely Ugh. disagree. Because the things that you do for the business are things that were not even on my radar. And it wouldn't happen because I'm in the room. I'm in yeah. the room doing lashes. That's my sweet spot. That's the her training love. part. Her love is actually as a service provider. She would never do anything other than just take care of clients for the rest of her life. And I would be still working alone in a room somewhere by myself. Yeah. Yeah, a cave troll or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, between you two, who's the visionary? Who's the one that's always, we should try this or should we do this? Who's pushing that boundary? Elliot. Elliot, okay. We really do feel very different spaces in the business we've never had a conversation like whose role is what no like, it's it, so obvious it's so obvious like, we've never had that i have all these crazy ideas and then madison's always okay now wait like how are we actually going to do this mm. she's operations yeah. i'm like the, the crazy ideas yeah i'm the marketing she's the talent like yeah. it works I think, I think for those things, you have to be, have your own skills up, but I think our mission and our goal is oh, it like has to be totally identical. Yeah. That can't mm. waver. And so for us, like, we want the exact same thing. Very yeah. much like you guys, we want to genuinely serve people in whatever capacity we can. We've had such an up and down ride for me in the industry. We want to make that journey easier for people, less stressful for people, help them make decisions, help them make smart, practical decisions. We're just like you guys. We're just yeah. in the business of serving people, but we have two very different roles that we can fill. So the build out really was when Elliot took control. I and started I started really working in the business. His plan started coming into being and taking over, right? Yes. <laughs> My master plan. Yes. <laughs> I it actually, when we opened the building and then my service providing career just was kind of there, but our education company really started taking off. And so that was when Elliot really stepped in and helped me make digital products and helped me run ads and all that stuff, just because he enjoyed it. And he saw that what we were creating could help people. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, well, we've exhausted your organic audience. How do we reach more people? Yeah. Well, I just how to start selling digital products. Like we put them on the website. We figured out how do we actually sell stuff from the website? Like and how Shopify do we... and yeah. all that stuff. Well, we would use 
We're pre- <laughs> yeah. No idea. I'm with you, girl. I don't know either. Tess, I don't there's know. There's a big box, and Tess has no idea exactly. what's inside it. But she doesn't need to know. Tess, Tess is like, I'm the talent. Exactly. exactly. I always like, say it too. I say, Tess is the talent. My job is to make you the star. And I exactly. I showed my ignorance yeah. earlier this podcast when I what? said, Oh, is that how it works with the Instagram ads? That oh, you get yeah. charged for it? I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I taught myself how to do the Instagram ads, and we tried Instagram ads, we tried Facebook. Facebook, we Google, TikTok, like YouTube ads, like everything. And we kind of just trial and error to figure out what worked. And yeah. Madison really didn't like it at first. She hated running that at first. But working oh, yeah. together has actually built so much trust. And in business, if you're going to have a partnership, if you don't trust that person mm. more than 100%, it's always going to be yeah. bad. So I remember we were so... You were in the car. Do you remember? Yes. I'll tell them the story. So we were like in the car on the way to a movie date with our friends. We had just opened the building. So we were in debt for the first time. We were broke as a joke. I mean, not struggling, but we were working. We were struggling. Yeah. We were, yeah. we're in the car. And I remember Elliot goes, so Madison, I this like book you're selling, your classes or whatever. He goes, I'm going to run a Facebook ad. And no, I had been. You got the receipt. Oh yeah. I got a receipt for it. And I said, why does it say I spent $600 a day on Facebook? No, not a day. $600. $600 okay. <laughs> yeah. Goes, because I spent $600 to run this Facebook ad and I start crying you guys and I was like are you kidding me we don't have any money I was like, <laughs> my butt off to get this thing paid off and you're spending $600 on Facebook ads and then she was like how much money did we make from the Facebook ads I'm like okay nothing yet <laughs> but I'm figuring it out oh my gosh we have like never had a mentor on anything. And so I probably should have taken a course, but we had no money to buy a course. It's lie by the seat of your pants. That's but, what it is. No, yeah. We showed up to this movie day. I'm crying my eyes out in front of our friends. And anyway, on the ride home, I basically was we're, and we were arguing about it, which would be really ever arguable. We were wouldn't you say we we're arguing? We're having a heated discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Elliot goes, he was like, I need you to trust me. I would never do anything if it wasn't for your best interest. I really think there's something here. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm getting closer. But yeah. Elliot, every time we have an argument like this, he's always, I have, and it's true. Like he has proven himself over the last five years of our relationship. Like he would never. I'm never wrong. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's never wrong. Yes. He's perfect. So, it's easy. No, but if you have someone that truly has proven that they would never do anything that isn't in the best interest of you. At least I'm trying my best. To or at least he's trying his best. And I trusted him and Elliot kept freaking taking all my training money and putting it into Facebook ads <laughs> and over again. And after a while, it worked. And I saw him, oh. I saw him day after day, neglect his day job and figure it out. I wasn't neglecting my day job. <laughs> I was doing my off hours. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a scene in a movie where the hero and the heroine are standing on a cliff and there's a horde behind them and they're being pursued and there's no other way except to jump off a wall or something. And they take yeah. each other's hands and he says to her, looks in her eyes, do you trust me? You're about to jump off the, to the abyss. And, and she says yes, and they jump off and they And then they die. No, no. It's but it's like it's like the same moment. Like he's but not he, gonna do the anything. The lesson is that she trusted him all the way to her death. So that was no, great. Yep. That is that's not it. Oh. <laughs> that's romantic. That's a beautiful metaphor. That's a beautiful metaphor for someone buying Facebook ads. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure it felt like an impending horde and uh, imminent death, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But that build out, it made us need each other for the first time. And it made us really have to rely on each other. And I remember asking Elliot, I'd be like, 
hey, what do you need from me for this to work? And Elliot was just like, I physically need you to rent out eight of these rooms before openings. And it was like, I had things that were only in my power that Elliot couldn't help with. Mm. And so I was literally at the build out. If someone needed a tour at 10.30 p.m., I would be there at pitch black, walking yeah. them through this wrenched out building, like <laughs> selling it basically. Mm -hmm. And so we needed each other for the first time. We had different strengths. And when we had the grand opening, it was such a stake in the ground where we had speeches that we gave and we ended up just basically gushing all over each other for 30 minutes in front wow. of everyone we knew because the build out, like looking at it and looking at the rooms fully rented and all our friends and family and everything. I just remember a feeling like I couldn't have done it without Elliot. He gonna know what's on me. And yeah. and it was such a place that was built together through struggle and through hardship. And to have so many people believe in it, I was just like, these people believed in it when I didn't even believe in mm. it. And I loved how Elliot talked about it. And from that day forward, really, like last April when we opened, we've been a full-on team. I mean, especially with things like figuring out the legalities and helping the renters and like Elliot, if we need like maintenance help mm -hmm. or if we need whatever it is, we really kind of built something together. And so it was natural for us. And now we're at a place where we will talk about where we are now. We're a power couple, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but tell us about where we are now. In what, like, where, what do you mean? Your job and what we do together. Well, so I'm leaving my day job to be a lightheart baddie full time. So is that happened that. or not happened yet? Is that in process? It happens in eight days. No, All right. seven, no six, six days, less than a week. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. That is a huge so milestone. It's crazy. So yeah, so I'm just going to be an engineering consultant mm -hmm. now. So I'll do it like part time. And now we're at the point where the company is starting to grow past just something that we do is like side income and it's mm -hmm. kind of turning to now that we have the studios and the education stuff is turning into something where it makes like more sense for us to spend our time full time on creating new content and creating new educational stuff. If we're just looking at the numbers and we're like, okay, we need to stop doing one of these other things and focus more on this because this is the profit center. So we were looking at that and it's like, okay, I'll just, I need to spend way more time on this. And yeah, we're like kind of formalizing everything. We're like starting to outsource some of our marketing and we're starting to do things so that we can focus on just putting out like the best educational content we possibly can. And it's kind of what we're trying to do over the next year. That's really cool. What you guys are doing, I think, is something that a lot of other people would like to aspire to be. I know there's a lot of people out there thinking it would be so cool to build that. But you guys have been patient. This has not been an overnight thing. It's not like you said yesterday, we're doing it and you quit your job and then you guys are in financial peril because... No, I'm eight years into the last world. Exactly. And I know a lot of other people would like to get to this place. And I mean, we just want to help them get there. It feels very freeing to be in a position to do this. And so as of a couple of days ago, this podcast is such perfect timing because as of a few days ago, I decided to stop taking my regular clientele. And so I let all of them know. And now I have, I still lash 40 hours a month, but it's just model sets for courses and content and to keep my skills up. Mm. And then to just like employees of Lightheart kind of yes. thing. Yeah. Because like you tell us, I just love lashing. Mm -hmm. I love it because I love it. I would do it for free basically yeah. exactly yes you get it it's how we spend time with people it's how we love on people and i want to truly lash sustainably i want to enjoy it and i want to give people the most incredible experience that i can while creating things that help others so for us step one was elliot leaving his full-time position to do consulting me leaving my full-time behind the chair job and we want to create courses and coaching and things that really intimately help people 
beyond just tiny digital products because everything that I've made so far, I've made in very small pockets of time because I haven't had the bandwidth to create. Mm-hmm. Just do them at night. Yeah. At, yeah. at night. And in moments. Yeah. In yep. stolen moments. Yes. And anytime I post on Instagram, it's truly when I'm like having a bathroom break while my client's still on the bed. Like it has been so, so on the side for me. And we want to really pour. I imagine how much we can do yeah. if we I focus know, if, on If it was full time, <laughs> if you had a lot yes. of chunks of time for yeah. just that development. Yes. Yeah, and so true. kind of also at a stage where we're in our. I'm almost 25, Elliot's almost 27, and we want to start a family and travel. We're getting and- old. Okay, yeah, so- I know. You guys are ancient. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. right on time. Right. But I want to lash in a way where it's sustainable mm-hmm. and where I'm just not crippled when I'm older. And mm-hmm. I've overworked myself for so many years. And I need, there is such a time where you need to step back and figure it out. And also for us, like we want time together. We like working together, which I think is a gift in itself. Yeah. And we want to build more studios. And when that happens, we're going to be needed very full time because we know what it entails now. And it is not in pockets of time. And so now we're just kind of figuring out what our new life and schedule looks like. And it's really fun. And we love it. We love doing the podcast. We're excited to do more speaking events. And we just want to reach more people and help more people through what we've done so far. Yeah. I mean, when you focus on, I hear this all the time with a lot of people who do coaching and training and helping. It's like you focus on helping people and the money will follow. If a lot, sometimes people get backwards and they focus on the money. And I think those are the people that quit that burn out. I mean, a, a pretty big name in the marketing world. Just, I just saw her announcement today that yeah, she, or email, she quit. She just stepped away. I don't know, you know Vanessa Lau, but she is a, a really big YouTuber and helped a lot of people with marketing, but built the machine she hated, she said. It was too much. And she just today announced, got the email saying she's backing out. It was heartbroken. I tried to get her to be a speaker at LashCon, actually. And and she actually turned us down and said, I'm not. And then I realized, oh, that's because she turned everyone down. She was quitting. So it's easy to get, it's not something to take for granted. I mean, you find it, you work it, but you have to pace yourself and you got to be thinking big picture and And you have to be able to like it. You have to love it. So a few things I wanted to highlight, because I, as I see things that you were talking about that I really love. First, I really love the, when you talk about trust and how you built this trust and no relationship, no partnership in life is built without trust. But the other flip side to that too, I felt is grace because when there's grace, even when there's a misstep where that little, there is a little bit of trust where, where he spent like $600. $600. Yeah. And he it, kept spending it. And, and he, you're like, Oh no, this is my money. It's not paying off yet, but you gave him grace. You said, you know what? I trust you. And I'm not going to burn you at the stake yet. Now, if this never she pays did. off, that might come. But that said, yeah. you gave him grace and freedom to, to learn what to do, which I think that's something really important when you have a partnership, because you see it happen where people, I mean, we've struggled with this. You do something wrong and then you just remember that. And you're like, I remember when they, we did this, we had this opportunity and this happened and it can become a poison pill for a relationship when you're working together. So grace and trust are, I think are so essential. The other thing too, I loved is really, like you said, eight years, I've really been trying to talk about this more. Is the idea it's that a long game. It's a long game. In fact, that's our theme of our podcast, our last con yes. this year is playing the long game because too many people want get in this industry six, and six months. months later. Well, where's my $300,000 yeah. million? Dollars? Where, yeah. Why am I not on the cover of Forbes? Yeah, I'm going to say, why am I not on the cover of Forbes yet? It's like Elliot. Yeah, <laughs> Elliot is. We'll talk about that in a second. I have to bring that up after this. But that said, I just think thinking bigger. It's for you to see. It's been eight years. So someone may see you right now and be like, and I know for us, we get some people mad at us because they didn't get to speak at a conference or LashCon, not a con, our thing. And they were like, oh, it's not fair. I'm like, and then I was like, do you know how long it took us to get 
invited to be a speaker in this industry for 13 years before anyone even cared about our opinions on anything. And I'm like, yeah. you've been in it for six months. Stop it. Stop complaining. Do good work and the work and the money will follow. And then lastly, I wanted to just focus, and this is the, the spirit of the entrepreneurship. You gotta be willing to change. You guys, every stage in your life have been faced with this challenge of stay the same, just keep doing what you're doing or pivot and make that change, which will allow yep. you to grow into that new stage. And so many people are afraid to make that change. They just get that wall. They hit that wall and they're like, man, if I do this, that means everything I used to do is over and I'm going to do something totally different. And you've made it, you're young, 25. You've done this multiple times. You've moved from Alaska. You opened a salon suite. You worked, you did all these things. You went out to the trainings. I think it's very admirable. And when people see success, I hope they understand that usually it comes at high risk, high willing to put yourself out there to totally fall on your face. And that's just the norm. And that's the area that they learn to be comfortable with. And probably part, good in your case, have a partner who's there to help push you along and say, Hey, let's do this next big crazy thing. So. I just want to dovetail on what you said about the, yeah. doing that hard work it's, and being able to pivot. Those are things that developed your character. And those are sacrificial developments because they're costly so that you are able to handle when things come your way. You've got a pretty good track record now that you're going to be able to still continue to pivot. Not every decision is going to be the best, but you're going to be able to come out of it because you've hard earned that those character traits. Yeah. I feel like there's a quote you and I always hear where it's like, what's the short-term discomfort for for long-term game enduring short-term discomfort. oh yeah yeah so it's like that the key to success is accepting short-term discomfort for a long-term gain and one of the biggest things that's worked for us in the business is following and going all in just on where the business takes us and it objectively and thinking okay i know what my plan was like what we were thinking we would do what wanted to do, but where is the actual opportunity here? If we try to step out of ourselves and step outside of what we see for the business, what are the facts of this situation? Where does it make sense for us to put our effort? I think a good example of that is like the, with the studios, it's like after we did the studios and we filled it up and it was cash flowing, we were thinking, and it would make a lot of sense for us to say, okay, we do studios now. This is what we do. We're going to do this again. And this is how we're going to grow the business. But then we were looking at it and Madison's education was starting to do really well. And so we're like, okay, well, it makes more sense right now. We should pour more effort into the education. And now the education stuff that we do with the digital and the group trainings makes way more than the studios ever would. Yeah. So by like just focusing on, okay, what is the actual opportunity here? It enabled us to get a lot more out of the situations that we've been in than if we just kind of stuck along our predetermined path that we had. And just that ability to kind of go all in on the stuff that the business was telling us that it needed has really helped. That's really smart because I think a lot of people have their dreams and they will die with those dreams because they're not willing to shift and pivot. And I always say, hold loosely to your plans because you need to have, you need to have plans. If you have no plans, you're going nowhere, but you have to be willing to pivot for us. I mean, LashCon was a perfect example. When we did LashCon, I was just, we were, we closed our salon and we we're going, okay, we'll do this coat thing. And then we'll move into coaching and then we'll do this. And cut to now four and a half years later, we have done nothing other than LashCon because LashCon no. blew up. Like we were not expecting yeah. it to be at this level. I thought maybe one day we'd be so lucky to get 300, 400 people out of the event. Because most Lash events are 50 to maybe a hundred people max. And we got 300 our first year. And I was like, okay, that kind of wasn't expected. And then, 
unfortunately COVID hit and that changed things for a little bit. And, but then we went in our next year, we had 500 and a thousand and all of a sudden, okay, everyone always says to me, what, what's your, what do you expect now? I have no idea what's going to happen next. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I didn't expect a thousand. It could be 5,000 one day. I don't know. And so for us, we've actually had to put off other things that we've been really working on because LashCon has kind of taken over and it's been a fun thing because my background is in events, planning, producing, all that. So I get to use a lot of my skills that I do and I didn't think I'd ever use running in the lash industry, but it's been fun finding those passions, those connections. And I'm sure for Elliot too, you're going to find that same thing where you find a lot of your passion and interest. You're going to bring those into the business and help it to go grow while keeping the Maddie as your talent. You're the talent manager, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just the backup. It's just the help. So what have been some hard things or pain points for you guys when it comes to working together? Like you guys have had to maybe, is there any things that you've had to wrestle with or work through? Well, I know that you guys said it's been you kind of didn't have to fight for the roles that you have. You got fell into those places pretty naturally, but is there anywhere where it has not been as smooth or there's been a little bit, we need to sit down and work this out. No, it's been perfect. Oh, no, good. it hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Well, that's all, guys. We're done uh, here for this. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the biggest challenges that we've had are just when our current vision for the business does differ. It's right now we're completely aligned, but like we haven't always been no. 100% aligned. And we have had a lot of conversations like where we're begging and pleading the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's there have been times where I have really thought that there's a huge opportunity here with like when we were going into the digital products i'm like this is something that i think is going to be incredible and then madison's i just filled my clientele let me do what's working let's not start i'm like you need to spend more time on instagram and on making this digital stuff and madison's i've worked for the last year to fill my books in a new state in a yeah. new state yeah. i did a really good job at that let me do this and it's like she's absolutely justified and I, when I get FOMO really easily, I think, and if, if I see yeah. something that I'm like, this is such a good opportunity, mm. I'm like, we got to do this immediately. So a lot of times it's like me being overzealous. A lot of times our disagreements really just come down to timing mm. is like long-term we have the same goal and we have the same vision, but it'll always be that like, I'm thinking like, okay, why can't we do this right now? And Madison's thinking, okay, well, I actually have to really do this and I have to execute on this. And this is a lot harder than you're making it sound. So like that's <laughs> so mostly it's timing for us. And like you said, you have to be willing to give that person true grace and okay. like real grace. And I remember a year ago when we opened the suites, it didn't make sense for me to be taking clients for eight hours a day anymore. It actually just didn't make any sense. And I remember <laughs> we were on a walk and I was crying and I was like, Elliot, I need to take clients for a year. And he was like, why? No, because I was like, okay, let's step out of ourselves. Let's yeah. look at this objectively. The facts say you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, listen to me. We just built this beautiful building. I'm in the most gorgeous private amazing suite and i'm like so the place she's always wanted always to yeah. out of. she has the perfect clientele and then here yeah. i am saying like see i know that this is the first time in your life that you've been like happy with the place <laughs> and the people you've been working on but let's do something else yeah <laughs> and, I remember, and i told Ellie, i said listen i understand what you're saying and i want to run with that idea but i said for right now for 12 months give me this time to work in my room 
enjoy my clientele. Like I have the most amazing clients that I enjoy spending my day and my time with. Let me do that. And like in a year, let's revisit. And a year came around. It took me a while, but eventually I was like, you know what? That's fair. And a year came around and I didn't lose a single client in that year. I just had this amazing rock solid year of working. And that's what everyone dreams about as a lash artist. That was what I dreamed about as a lash artist. Like finally having clients that cared about me. I cared about them. We did life together. And after that year, Elliot and I still, he was like, okay, I'm here ready when you are. I want to go all in with this. I want to create an education company. I know you do too. This is going to serve so many people. And he was like, and instead of serving the 30 women that you serve, what if you could serve thousands and thousands of people in such a meaningful way? And these people will understand because you've built a model where they can see other lash artists in the building. It's not like you're never going to see them again. So we made the switch and I let them go. But I had that year where he let me do what I had to do in order to feel fulfilled. Well, and the thing is too, I think now that we're like doing the education products full time, I think they're going to be better than if we had just started doing it last year. So it ended up like it it was probably the best thing to do long-term for the, even the education products, because Mm -hmm. over that year, it's not like we weren't thinking about it. And we had all these ideas about ways that we can improve them and like new products that we can make that if we were just like going in like straight into it with like, we move straight from the build out into the education stuff, we wouldn't have had that time to be creative and think of all these new things that if we were just trying to make like as many education products as possible, like we would have just been kind of more pumping them out and they wouldn't have happened as organically as they have. So I think, honestly, I think long-term, even that was like the correct choice for the growth of the business. Yeah. Well, even the 12 months that you're doing the clients, it gave you, because you're working on your skills, you're working on your technique, everything that you're doing in the room is going to benefit whatever education product you're going to put together because it just creates that richness. You're so right, Tess. And I think another final struggle that was like, to be quite transparent, I think for a while, we definitely got- Are you going to tell them about our crippling gambling addiction? (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for a small issue, and I think a lot of couples that work together, especially in this industry will face is like for a hot minute there, I think we got very distracted with comparing ourselves to other Mm, people. There was a small pocket of time where we were constantly looking at what everyone else was Mm -hmm. doing and it just never felt good. No, it's like having a disease. No, it's seriously. What are they doing right there? And you feel sick about yourself. You feel regretful. You're unhappy. I'm not as like you yet. I'm a little pissed off about that. Exactly. You'll get there, Paul. You'll get there. No one has any idea about that. We got to talk about your page in a second, but keep going. (laughs) But after a while, as we moved up and moved on, I started kind of actually becoming friends with some of these people that Mm -hmm. we were comparing ourselves to and getting to know them. And it's like, they're just celebrities. They're just like uh, us. Yeah. Some of them reached out and messaged me. And yeah, like there was this one guy, Paul. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, freak it out. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) It's very freeing, especially if you're working together as a couple, like to really just focus on your mission, your path, not even your goals, like just your mission and like what you want to create together. And everyone else is struggling with the same things. I'm friends with most of the big dogs in the industry and everyone has the same insecurities, the same issues, the same doubts. And everyone is just figuring it out like we are. And I would just encourage everyone, no matter what stage of the industry they're at, just you guys always say, focus on serving others, serving the people that need what you have to give. And everything else is just going to follow. It's 
fluff. Yeah, I know when we first got into podcasting, we weren't the first, I forgot the name of the guy, I feel bad, she always honor her. There was a gal, she started, it was a website-based podcast. She did it for a few months and then sadly got out of it. But that said, after that, we came on the scene, but Shelby came on one or two yeah. months after us. And my first gut reaction was like, I listened to her and I was like, I don't know about her. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, we're so much better. Uh, like, jealousy. We're all jealousy. Like, we should be the only last podcast in the world. Then I had this aha moment. I said, you know what? We're going to promote her. We didn't even know her at the moment. We said, but I want people, I think it'd be better. We want more people we, that listen to Lashes and have the need for our Lash podcast. So that yeah. means there her you too. Because you know, Tessa always says, the pie is big enough when it came to lashing. Like, big yeah, enough. You're never going to lash every person on the planet. As much as I think yeah. we would like to, it's impossible. Physics says so. So that said, same thing with podcasting. People, it's infinite ears out there to listen. And I always remember Seth Godin shared this. I don't know if you guys are Seth Godin fans, but Seth Godin was talking about book authors really do a lot cross promotion they promote each other's books all the time they're not worried like wait if i help the other guy sell his books my book's not gonna sell no no that's not the way it works there's and, a need for your book and there's a need for their book and same thing with youtubers if you remember the beginning of youtube what did they, they still do this now but the beginning of youtube youtubers were on each other's pages promoting each other to help build their audiences so i said okay tuss as much as i'm kind of feeling uneasy about this we should promote and help shelby and then we reached out to her and Some she great first, friends. She, yeah, we're at now, first though. She's what are these? Yeah. Are well, these she had no idea why we were bugging her. I, Cause I'm this older guy. So it's like, why is this old guy? Texting Same thing me? with Tara Walsh. She's yeah. like, who's this creeper? Oh yeah. Tara Walsh thought I was a creeper at first. <laughs> Anyhow, that said, it's probably, it would be better if I was like 25, but oh, well, I just got to deal with my age. So it was really kind of cool to reach out, promote them and push them. And it's helped us actually, it's made us be better. Cause instead of thinking about them as the enemy or dwelling on what they're doing and I'm not doing, it's actually helped me be more motivated to push myself to do better work to help serve others. I mean, Mike and Shauna popped on with the Live Bay podcast. I was totally bothered by it. I mean, one of my staff came up goes, I found someone in doing podcasts and they're doing better than you. And I'm like, shut up. What do you mean? Well, like, yeah. yeah. I kick butt. No, I mean, it was really. Five minutes later, you guys are besties. Yeah. I did the same thing. I said, no, we just got to reach out to them. I just got to tell them, hey, I watched them. I said, you know what? You got to tip your hat. They're doing good work. And we see good work. As much as it still bothered me, like, I think they're doing really good stuff. We had up our game at that point and it pushed us. So I think that's good. It can be a good motivator and or on the bad side. If you let it get you, it could depress you and make you give up and never, you guys would have never done the stuff you're doing. So glad you had that balance, I guess, not to right. It's you. like at the end of all of Madison's manuals and stuff, she has a little thing that says, if you can help out another lash artist around you, like a rising tide raises all ships. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's like a core part of our brand is that if there's any way that you can help someone out, like who's around you and like just support other lash artists, it's always good. Cause lashes especially are just such a small market that yeah. like getting other people clients and helping other people improve. All you're going to do is expand the whole market. Mm -hmm. You're just each can have pieces of a bigger pie. It's true. Exactly. One of the things that happens with us once in a while, someone will reach out and DM us goes, hey, blah, 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 is teaching what you teach. Good. That's the point. <laughs> it yes. I want them to. Yes. <laughs> I say the same thing in my classes. People are always like, oh, don't worry. I won't tell anyone this. I'm like, please, please do. Tell. That's the whole point. And, and be honest, no one's really going to keep it secret anyways. They may say they do, but they're going to they're going to take it, make it their own. And teach. It. I mean, I remember when I first we started teaching stuff. Well, I'm like, I didn't come up with any of these ideas. I'm not the originator of any new ideas. I'm pretty much just reaching teaching what I've learned, regurgitated it, thought it out, and then present it in the way that's our way of doing things. So I just think people have to realize it's okay. It's, we're just trying to grow the industry and help others and steal anything you want. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, right.
But anyhow, I was looking at time and I realized I could keep going. But, but I we need want... to talk about the Forbes. We, we do need to talk about one thing. That's Elliot's Instagram page, guys. And his sense of humor. It's just <laughs> yeah. so... This is why, I mean, Maddie, I think you're wonderful, but I fell in love with Elliot. Her Instagram's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I what you really want to follow. Lightheart Elliot. Yes. Check it out. Yeah, you got to check. Yeah. I think we plugged the entire episode <laughs> in Elliot's personal Instagram. Who, who needs to watch Last Two Brains? Nobody. No, no one. Follow for entertainment. At least, I think Ellie has the best bio ever. Okay, let's On talk about bio, it. On his bio, it says at least these three things, and we can talk about Forbes too, I think. It says a 12-figure beauty boss, which mm-hmm. I strongly appreciate because that's inspiring. When I see someone else making so much money, I'm You'll like, get well, there. Wow, I, I will man. get there. So One if, day, I, if yeah. only. He's a thousand times certified, by the way, guys. Not just 10. Yeah. I no. thought the, I think the most I've seen is twenty. You, yeah, ten X. Sleep that. it. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's, they woke. They woke. Every yeah. everybody else is in the dust. And then the, my favorite for, for every last artist, which makes me so happy when I see this in their post, not accepting new clients because we all know that's the goal. That's how you, you do don't it. want new clients. Get out of my place. Do not raise don't prices. Don't even DM me. Stay out. Don't even think <laughs> about it. No DMs. DMs are closed. Yeah, I don't. I'm too good for that now. I thought that was <laughs> awesome. And I, guys, yeah, definitely have to check it out. He doesn't post that much, but he did post something that he had to take down because it was awesome. So I like if you could share <laughs> share how what you he did got the cover of like. Forbes. Like Elliot is on the cover okay. of Forbes. Okay, so I thought it was a little goofy because there's one thing that you're able to do that not a lot of people who like aren't in the marketing world know is you can pay to be in force. It's like, thank you. You can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can just pay for it. They'll put you in Forbes. It doesn't mean anything about mm-hmm. what you've done. It just means mm-hmm. you pay 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So, which is a lot of money, but mm-hmm. you yeah. know, some people think it's worth it. So I thought that was really goofy. So I, made a Photoshop picture. I tried to make it so obviously Photoshop. I used the wrong font. <laughs> it was a picture of my face with like half of Madison's face in it cropped out. <laughs> it just said four on the top. Yeah. And then I, in the caption, I'm like, I'm so proud to be a member of the Forb 80 under 80. It was really the biggest honor of my life. I really love it. I said, stay hungry, hustle hard. <laughs> Keep grinding. Love it. Wasn't, it. it wasn't Elliot making fun of anyone. It was just, it, Elliot just thinks there are things in the beauty world that are like they're hilarious. They're, yeah. they're ripe for teasing. Yes. They're ripe they for parody. Exactly, exactly. And so I did that and then I thought it was a funny joke, but then I started getting so many messages congratulating me for such an <laughs> achievement. I had family members saying, oh, I always knew you would do this. <laughs> I had a, a guy actually yeah. DM me and said, bro, how much did you pay to do this? They were quoting me 25 grand. I was like, 25 grand, man, you got scammed. Yes, you do your own. Elliot's like, Madison made this on Canva. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love so, the 80 yeah. under 80, by the way. <laughs> I thought that would be so obvious. But yeah, really? so I had to take it down because too many people thought it was real. I could be on the 80 under 80. I'm actually, oh, I always thought I missed the boat. I thought it was always the, that they're always looking for that 40 under 40. 30. No, 80 under 80. Come on. 120 under 120, baby. That's yeah. what I'm you can be dead in your grave and they give you a cover. Yeah, let's let's so, take a picture of your tomb. But, so proud of Elliot. Yep. Love no, your sensitivity. I, I, love, I love, love it because it. it really is something that people don't understand. What may will blow the cover up. You already said about Forbes. I always knew, yeah, you can pay. Or the other big thing, which we looked into years ago, is you just pay a PR firm. And the thing, this, yeah, when you pay a PR firm, which is going to cost you minimum, usually probably 10 grand a month, a month, by the way. We're not talking 10,000 a year. And it comes with this little asterisk. 
We don't guarantee anything. Don't guarantee results. No, no results. Yep. Because it's not like advertising, right? Where yeah. we'll get a certain amount of ads. We'll get this. We kind of have idea of metrics of what our returns are. None of that is PR is total crap. You're just rolling the dice. And you're really, exactly. what I've been told is you're paying for that person's Rolodex, which no one knows what Rolodex is. Rolodex is their contact yep. list. All right. So yep. you're paying for their, now if they are a big name, and they have a, a real long list that they get you anywhere. And I've known people who've been in all sorts of magazines and news shows and all that. And it's just because they pay 10 grand. It's not because, no, no offense. They're probably special too, but I don't want to just say it was not based upon merit. Most of these things happen because you paid someone and they opened the door and they got you in. So exactly. I, and I love that about that. Cause I think that helps again, when you're comparing yourself, you see other people doing certain things, just realize sometimes you pay for that access and pay for that extra level of being seen and it yeah. wasn't necessarily because they worked harder than you. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's kind of encouraging because it's it's not because they're like doing something so much better than me. It's just because they felt like they had 10K to blow on like a PR firm. Exactly, exactly. So anyhow, and that was 10K was like, that was like 10 years ago. So who knows what Yeah, so it's probably more. Yeah, probably which, 15. Which isn't a negative, which isn't a negative thing. Which, which, no, yeah. the thing is like, even if you are a really special brand, like, if you're a brand where you're in the position where it's okay, we're like doing a lot in the industry, but it hasn't really reached outside the industry. And you're like, I think some actual PR could really help our brand and help our business. Yeah, then I think it's a totally valid business expense. I think you can totally do that because that's just the way the world works. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll do that one day. We're yeah. not there yet because I like being able to see an ROI for the stuff. Like that's <laughs> why I can see how much money I make for each dollar. However, I put in the Facebook if we do decide to pay to be on like a Forbes ad or a Forbes <laughs> article or whatever, we will be using that cropped picture of Elliot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Half of yours, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely, yeah. Hopefully for people listening, it's, yeah, I don't want to dog it because yeah, we might at some point hire a PR firm and do that stuff. There is a place for it. It just has to be at the right time. But I think for those who sometimes see that and go, man, well, you don't, they reach out to me. They never will reach out to you unless you're like Elon Musk or at that level. Yes. Okay. You've made a difference in the world. They will reach out to you. But otherwise everyone you see in our industry, and I literally probably mean everyone who's done anything that's been seen at a big stage is paid for that access. And that's just normal. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. So yeah. cool. Well, I can keep going on. I think Tuss is uh, and me. Yeah, you're, we never talked this long. So this is one of the things that we learned. I learned to listen to Tuss. Go, okay, we should probably wrap up now and get going. Because she's okay. I have a client. She has another client in about 30 minutes. So we I know. To... I love it. Every episode, Tuss is like, I got to go. I got to yeah. go. So Tuss needs a little downtime to recharge. She's so that's it. We have so much more I'd love to go over and cover. And we will de definitely get into I'd love to talk more about the salon suites. I think that'd be great. And I'd also even, maybe we can do one on podcast. It'd be kind of oh, fun to hear. Oh, great. We'll have to have about your take we'll on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can give you guys some tips. Yeah, no, I appreciate <laughs> it. We do, trust me, we never <laughs> stop learning. We never stop learning. Our, hey, 16 now. But, <laughs> yes, that's right. We're at 200, I think 78 or whatever. It's crazy. But hey. I love it. You guys are the OGs. When I found Lashcast, I just binged it. It's my oh. favorite. Oh, so sweet. Aww. Well, hey, but that said, where can people find you so they can look up? And we never talked about your podcast or anything other than Elliot's page, but they should know what else they should look for with you guys. Well, okay. We sell digital education products and group trainings and lots of good stuff at lightheartlash.com. Yeah. So lightheartlash.com. That's the place. We have like online styling courses and I'm coming out with an online mega volume course, an online mapping. The mapping course is going to be The sick. mapping course is going to be huge. I'm really excited for that. I have 10 models to do this month. So awesome. <laughs> and then we have- You want to learn angel sets? We got angel sets That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the little online goodies. And then- we 
we have last our, two our podcast, which is my last two brain cells. And they can find that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Literally every podcast. Place. Yeah. Any podcast place. We have weekly episodes and it mostly covers business. So it's not really a technical pod. It's very much like beauty business focus. We try to have very practical advice on there. And then if they are in Scottsdale, they can visit us. At Light Check Heart. out our coffee shop. Yeah, we're open seven days a week. Lightheart Coffee Light Shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. yeah. And then Lightheart Lash on Instagram. Or yeah. Lightheart Elliot on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, please. Elliot. Yeah, definitely go check it. He posts about once a year, I think is what he is. Yeah, but it's fire. <laughs> so much so you have to take it off. That's how much fire you drained. <laughs> the target audience is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so and nobody much. else. So yeah, just Lightheart Lash, my last two brain cells, Lightheart Coffee Shop. That's where they can find us. And if they're in the area, come by, say hi. I teach my group classes once a month at our training center here. And they're a lot of fun. They book out like six months in advance though. So if you want one. Yeah, we got them though in the future. So there's still spots. That's where they can find us. All right. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. It's been as fun as I had hoped it would be. And we will definitely have you guys back. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I adore you guys. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart for having us. This means the world. And you guys are so cute. (laughs) The feeling is mutual. You guys are the cutest last couple ever. Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last Lash Brain Cell, Tusney, as well as our special guests, Maddie and Elliot, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Lash Brain Cell.